Welcome to Women in Venture Capital. I'm Roshvina, a student at Harvard Business School with prior experience in finance and more recently venture capital in Africa. And I am Anvita, Harvard Business School class of 22. I've actively worked in VC and tech startup space. Our mission at Women in Venture Capital is simple: increase the representation of women in the VC industry through awareness and engagement. So join us as we engage with women establishing their presence in VC. Our guest today is Julia Molpe. Julia is a principal with Flybridge, an early stage venture capital firm based in New York and Boston, focused on pre-seed, seed and series A investments in technology companies. Her investment interests include the creator economy, e-commerce, web3, consumer, marketplaces, prop tech and SaaS. She also serves as a GP of the MBA fund, an early stage venture fund that backs student and alumni founders from Harvard, Stanford and Wharton. Prior to Flybridge, Julia was the director of business development at WeWork, working alongside WeWork's CMO and CRO on global partnerships and special projects. Previously, she was on the investment team at Underscore Ventures and the founding team at Plum Alley Investments. Thank you for joining us today, Julia. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Lovely. Jumping right into our questions, before we talk about your investing career, we see you've spent a few years at WeWork, driving growth-oriented partnerships. How did you decide on taking the operator role, and how did it, if at all, it did impact your investing lens? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess I can give a little bit of context as to like how I wound up at WeWork, um, and, which was like partially partially deliberate and and partially like. serendipitous i would say so i had worked um right out of undergrad um at a company called plum alley investments i was the first hire there and so um that that company when i joined was uh, effectively akin to kickstarter but focused on female founded products and they um pivoted a year into operating more kind of like an angelist and doing actual equity investments so that was a really um really unique position where i i got both early stage investing and operating experience and um we were an early member of a we work in new york so i got to know some of the early team members there and basically felt like i was interested i i knew that i liked venture i knew that i liked early stage operating and i was a little bit curious about um kind of operating at more of a growth stage business and so that was part of the impetus impetus to jump over um i had also studied in undergrad architecture and um urban design and planning and so um we were kind of like fit the bill in terms of of an interest that i have have had and still have had um for quite some time so yeah um i had like an awesome two and a half years there and um uh another another kind of like reason that i picked we work was that when i was at pomali some of the things that i was looking at from an investment perspective were around um kind of like productivity and hr software and um i wanted to uh, get a better sense of what the like b2b sales motion looked like and kind of get a sense of like internally within these organizations like how are decisions getting made about what what software to buy you know if they're comparing like three different options and so um was fortunate enough to be a part of some of the decisions and like buying process processes around um software which um i lean on all the time actually at work now so um yeah that's that that was kind of the reasoning 
That makes sense. And um, I guess a follow up to that would be, how did you decide that investing roles appeal to you? And then how did you decide which funds to work at? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I I kind of fell into it and I fell into it at Plum Alley Investments. I knew that I liked it. Um, and when I went to business school, I had the thesis of being like, okay, venture is like a thing I want to figure out if I'm interested in like and or good at. And so I did a pre-MBA internship at a really awesome Boston-based fund called Underscore. Um, I did that probably for about four months as like a teaser, loved it. and was like, okay, when I get to school, I'm going to try to, um, you know, start working part-time for a fund. And um, was pretty intentional about like that being um, in addition to networking, I would say like a little less so classes, like a big thing that I wanted to get out of school was like putting time into figuring out if I actually like this. Um, and so I started working with X Factor Ventures, which is a kind of like a pre-seed vehicle that Flybridge manages and focuses on female founded startups um, and loved it. Um, and just kind of like slowly worked my way into like working with like the, the, the broader Flybridge team. Um, and obviously I think they're amazing. I've had a great time there and, and joined after I graduated. That's helpful to know. And I think uh, one takeaway that I'm uh, hearing, which makes a lot of sense is that, yes, there could like you could think that there are almost like barriers to entry uh, at a fund. I feel like what you said, where you picked up a role with underscore, um, not necessarily in a full-time capacity, but just in exploring whether you like maybe maybe the early stage investing uh, role to start with, um, became like this introductory sneak peek for you to um, just take away whether this is for you and vice versa from uh, the other side as well. So yeah, basically that, you know, this, you don't need like a full-time role or uh, an offer to get into investing. You can even explore internships or part-time gigs. And that could be um, one of the other ways to kind of explore whether investing is for you to begin with. So totally. that makes awesome. Um, we see that you're also a GP at the MBA fund, um, which mentions that it kind of provides founders in their MBA journeys with mentorship and seed stage capital. Curious to hear about your role there specifically as the GP and what's your vision for the fund? Yeah, so that was, I would say, in addition to working with Flybridge and X Factor during business school, my other, my main kind of like commitment that was like Wharton specific was the MBA fund. So the MBA fund is a preceded seed fund that focuses on investing in exceptional founders coming out of um, Penn, Harvard, and Stanford, not just out of the business schools, but across all schools. Um, and so I, one of the reasons that I was attracted to that fund, um, there are a lot of student funds, as you guys know, at these MBA programs is that they are not associated with like a single institutional investor where they're kind of serving as like a, a student, like venture arm. They actually like are their own fund. They've raised their own capital from multiple funds and like entities, high net worth individuals, et cetera. And so, um, as a, as a part of that team, you um, get a lot more into the weeds, I think, perhaps uh, in terms of like fund operations. So like it's, le it's, it is sourcing and diligence and, you know, deal closing and execution and all of that, but it's also like running um, a small fund. And that was something that, again, I was just like testing out the thesis. Like, I think I like this stuff. Like, let me, um, 
let me, you know, spend a little bit of time kind of on like the fund operating side and see, you know, what that feels like and absolutely loved it. Like the team there, I cannot say enough good things about. And so my second year, I kind of like was the, the lead, I forget the exact terminology um, in terms of like bringing on like a team of first years. Um, and then when I graduated, I got a really exciting opportunity to stay on as a general partner. And so now um, work with a couple other guys that um, are from Stanford and from those three schools. And, and we kind of like manage some of the like broader fund operations, fundraising, um, helping, like assisting with hiring and assisting with like running those teams on campus. But really it's like the students that are now doing it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. The vision there is like just to continue to grow. We, we've closed another fund and continuing to be helpful, like post investment and making sure that all those companies that we're doing, you know, first checks into are um, continuing to raise from, from great investors. So um, yeah, I really can't say enough good things about that fund. It was like probably the highlight of my Wharton experience. That's amazing. And um, I'm glad you were able to stay, um, you know, with a fund even after uh, in some capacity. So switching gears a little bit, um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about progression within investment funds. So you joined Flybridge as an associate in 2019. And within three and a half years, you became a principal. So could you share any learnings about managing your growth in a fund? Um, the one thing that we've heard a lot about, not just women in VC, but in a lot of other business areas as well, is once you get in, um, promotion becomes an issue. And, and sometimes um, because of inherent biases or some other reason, it takes longer. So I would be really curious to know your views. Yeah, no, I think that... Um... Yeah, obviously the industry is not perfect. Um, I think that I will say that I see things getting a little bit better and I see that there's a little, there's more recognition from GPs that establish funds that like, you know, having non-diverse teams and, you know, I think about diversity across like a multitude of spectrums, like just isn't, isn't an option anymore um, and it's not leading to the best it, it does you know it doesn't open you up to like the breadth of investment opportunities that you would get if you had a more um, diverse team and so I think that's very top of mind now that said obviously like inherent biases that are like systematically ingrained in many of us like still exist and so there's work to be done but um, I um, yeah, so I was interning as an associate or working as, I guess, like a part-time associate when I was in school. And I just, um, I don't know, I just really hustled to like add value and, and source deals and like lead deals and like get them over the line. And so I had, you know, sourced and led a couple investments that Flybridge did out of the main fund um, well before I graduated. And so you know, even though it, I, I believe that they had communicated, like, this isn't something that's going to like convert to full time, like don't come in expecting that this is, you know, the kind of, this isn't like a banking or consulting type gig where, you know, unless you really mess up, you basically get a full-time offer. But um, I, the way that I thought about it was like, I'm going to get an internship, do my best to like absolutely kill it and use, the, use, use my extra time to just like 
excel at the internship as opposed to like be putting that effort into like recruiting at multiple funds and so I kind of put all of my eggs in one basket like I love Flybridge and I was like let me just like see if I can pull this off by like doing a good job and you know I got I got lucky and was able to do that but um I do think that sometimes you know people spread themselves a little thin or like even when they get into a job they're always kind of like looking around like what's the next best thing and um I, I think that there's something to be said for just like grinding and like doing a good job. You know, if you're doing a good job and you're bringing in deals, I think people make room for you and they make room for you to grow if you're at a good fund. Um, if okay, Julia, just tactically two quick questions as follow-ups on that. Um, was this like a very candid conversation you had with Flybridge as you joined in? I mean, once you converted um, and uh, you were offered a full-time job, was there like a very candid conversation on how the progression happened. That's the first one. And second, you know, as uh, during your time at the fund, when you saw that you were contributing meaningfully, like you said, a couple of deals that you sourced, got invested in, and that's amazing. Um, so once that started happening, um, did you kind of raise your hand saying, hey, can we talk about um, me moving up to a principal level? Or was that more led by the leadership itself saying, hey, we'd love to reward your amazing work and and here's, you know, a promotion for you. So just tactically, you know, you can only share how much ever you're comfortable with, yeah. but tactically, I, yeah, I mean, how would you advise women or people in general to think about uh, such conversations and timings of those? I'm trying to remember. I think that they actually, they proactively brought it up with me, I think probably at my first year mark, like a, like a, the the promotion um candidly like I I probably would have brought it up had they not um I think that you know one thing I did which um is always good to do is uh get as much data as you can around promotion cycles and timing and salary and like it's really I think in venture like one thing you do have to do is like the breadth of the breadth of um, the salary bands are massive. Um, salary bands are, are are very tied to assets under management. And so, um, you know, if you're at a pre-seed fund, uh, you're going to do yourself a disservice if you try to put your salary up against that of someone at, you know, Insider and Jason or whatever. Like they, they're going to be making more than you and like their job looks very different than yours. And that's, you know, a conscious trade-off perhaps. But um yeah, I think collect the data and just make sure you're being compensated fairly. And um, there's a lot out there. So it, there's a lot out there. And I think that um, I have a peer group of female investor friends that are in kind of my like experience level and like age bracket. And um, I really encourage us all to be like quite candid about what we're all making, because I think that um, a lot of the reason women end up getting underpaid is because they just they don't know that they are. Um, so to the extent that you do have that or you're comfortable reaching out, like anyone ever reaches out to me, like I'll, I kind of just give them a rundown of, you know, what I make, what I ask for, what the averages are. I just think uh, it's good to be honest about all that. And you know, I was honest with Flybridge about that. They were honest with me about that. And, and, you know, I think that that's how you end up being happy as you understand you're getting paid fairly. That makes a lot of sense. And it's actually truly helpful to know and, and take away that it's helpful to just be honest and talk about it. I completely agree with what you said that, yeah, there's a weird thought on, you know, actually sharing out how much do you make and, you know, how can you talk about it and stuff. But 
yeah, I see no harm in, in doing that and having that collective information in general. So yeah, makes a ton of sense. Um, just, on the um, before we, we go ahead and with that, just a quick um, thing that I discovered and I found, I totally agree that, you know, having that disclosure around um, wages is something that uh, a lot of people are seeking and um, some like a source that I've used and I've seen it happen. I'm sure there are multiple nowadays, but um, all raises a pretty good job of releasing reports. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, definitely encourage people to take a look at that. I think it's nice to have that kind of transparency. Yep. Yeah, totally. And there are always, I mean, the other thing is like, you know, there's salary, there's bone, there's base, there's bonus, there's carry, there's upward trajectory potential. Like there's a lot of mm -hmm. levers that are at play. And so, yeah. you know, again, like, I think this, I'm very lucky. This is not the case. Like, you know, Flybridge has been amazing to me, but you know, there are totally instances where people are taking salaries that they know are below market because like they are on a path to partner in like three years, right? You know, and, and their Andreessen or whatever counterparts like can't say that. I should stop saying Andreessen. That's just top of mind, but you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Message I'm sure Andreessen is a wonderful path to partner program, but um, yeah, you know, you got, you should think about what's important to you. Um, also, like, how are you spending your time during the day? Like, uh, if you're enjoying your, your time and you're making a little bit less, like maybe that's okay, you know, because uh, every fund is different. Very true. And uh, I, I, I don't know, but like a shameless shout out to Jeff on that front, who's also at, at Flybridge. And he was just talking about him earlier. He's, for instance, one of those amazing mentors who you can reach out for a very unbiased um, feedback and thought and genuine opinion. Um, and yeah, I mean, considering all factors where you define what's truly valuable to you, um, but just being open about it, like specifically on comp, like it's a different aspect to it, not as straightforward as, okay, there's a base and there's a performance bonus and you're done, um, but understanding carry and progression and how it changes with, um, as you move up, the, move up in the ladder at the fund. Continuing the thought on advice for our listeners, and I feel like we've spoken a bunch about advice on thinking about compensation. Any other advice that you'd have, Julia, for um, our listeners, especially women uh, who are trying to explore an investing career for themselves? Um, yeah, so much. Where do I start? Um, I will say I have a lot of I have a lot of not just women, but um, people I'd say like a couple of years younger than me, or people that are just starting out of business school that want to get into venture. Venture is very you know flashy industry, I would say, and. Um, my first question is always like, why, you know, like what, what interests you about venture? Like, um, is there a particular sector, you know, that you're really excited about or, um, you know, were you a former founder and you want to be on the other side of the table? And like, I, I remain shocked at how often people don't really have like a reason as to why they want to be in venture. And so I think it sounds basic, but thinking about like, what is it about the job that you think you're going to one really enjoy and two like, you're going to be good at. Um, and to the extent that you can like test it out and do an internship or like work part-time at a fund or like join a student fund, if you're in an MBA program, like just get your, you dip your toe in the water and like figure out like if it feels good because um, no, no, there are a lot, I have a lot of friends that work in venture and have like privately told me like, I don't even know if I like this. Like it just, it's technically like a cool job, but you know, I'm not quite sure. So I think one, one is like, like try before you buy if you can. Um, and then, you know, two think a lot about like, 
Um, I think obviously like thinking about the stage of the fund that you'd be interested in and the sectors that that fund focuses on, those are kind of like two obvious um, levers to be aware of. But um, the other thing that I, I think sometimes goes less discussed is like thinking about like how the funds operate internally and like what your day-to-day -day is gonna look like. Um, you know, there are some seed funds where if you're not a partner, you are working for like a single partner and you're kind of just like their go-to person and you're like not really sourcing or like doing your own deals. Um, it could be that you're a associate that's like supporting multiple partners, but like, again, not really doing your own deals. Like those tend to be the case where I think it's like a little bit like bottoms heavy, like the number of, there's far fewer partners it's like a pyramid scheme effectively, right? Um, whereas like a Flybridge is quite different. There's four GPs and myself. So I'm the only non-partner on the investments team, which creates like a completely different dynamic in terms of like how I end up spending my time during the day. Like they, there is no like formal associate program. Like um, obviously I'm working with them, but like a lot of my time is like finding my own deals, like running my own processes, like playing my own events and like, you know, my day looks really different than the day of friends of mine that are at seed funds that from the outside, like look a little bit the same. So really do your diligence, like talk to people that work at funds and just ask them like, how do you spend your time? Um, Cause I think I was shocked to learn like how large the Delta is in terms of like what the role actually ends up looking like, even for like seed stage agnostic funds in New York that are like have about the same AUM. So um that's the other kind of like point I would say to really spend some time digging into before you like set your sights on like a fund and like try to try to get a job there. That's truly very well put. I love the way you said that try before you buy, because you're right. Like it's extremely fluid, extremely uh, hard to draw patterns on in terms of, you know, like you said, even if funds have similar AUM doing all seed stage, but the way they work internally could actually be very different, et cetera. So doing that diligence and yeah, getting an experience before you commit full time. Also, because, I mean, if you're trying investing, I would imagine it's a, a longer term game. Um, and, and of course there'll be uh, instances otherwise, but you do want to extend your relationship with the founders you invest in for long. You potentially also see your upside in terms of returns, et cetera, only when you kind of put in a few years in. So it's a long-term game. It's not something, you know, you do for a couple of years, bounce out and you're like, this was amazing. Um, there, there are, of course, cases that happen in, in that scenario too. But for for most most scenarios, it's more like you want to be there for long. So yeah, just very fair on saying that. Just be sure before you um, take that leap um, about whether you like the role. Um, amazing, Julia. Thank you so much. This was a, a truly enriching conversation. Thank you for making yeah, the time. Of I'm course. sure. I'll to yeah, of course. Yeah, and tell tell Jeff hello, Jeff Busking, if you're listening. You're the best. <laughs> yes, you are. 